Hey, this is Ken Finnan at Capital Advantage Tutoring. It's my job to get you past the Series 7. This one, I'm going to try to slow down and not talk so fast anymore because I'm doing, what are we doing? Optiones, options for the Series 7 exam. Okay, I'm not doing the math. If you want to do the calculations and use my wonderful, wonderful way of doing it, check out the link up there and you can just join the membership and find out there. Cheap, like 20 bucks a month. It's not that expensive, Okay. Probably would only do a month, boom, bang it out, get every option question right and learn, okay? It's so easy. I'm telling you, I had a guy about a month ago, he couldn't get options, he came in, we worked on it, we did my system, started fucking crying, okay? He cried because he couldn't believe how easy it was. But that doesn't matter right now. Let's get into this. So we're gonna talk about options. I'm gonna talk about everything you should need to know about options other than the math, how to recognize them, stuff like that. We're gonna do all of this. So let's get going. The first thing we have to figure out is what the hell an option is, okay? So what the hell is an option? An option is a derivative. What is a derivative? A derivative is a security or something that is based on something else. So a derivative is something that is based on something else. The value of this option is based on another security or something like that, okay? So as the stock that it's backing goes up and down, its value will go up and down. Okay. Now, buying a call. Okay. So let's do this. Okay. So let's figure this shit out. Hold on. Let me get this right away. So let's say you buy one XYZ, October 50. Call at three. Let's break this shit down. I know we did on the SIE, but we're going to do it again. So first of all, we have this is the action. Obviously, B means buy. So we bought one. How many contracts did we buy? One contract. We bought one contract. Each contract, okay? So each contract that you buy is worth 100 shares. Now, remember, if we do stock splits, they may change and stuff like that. But let's go with that. They're each worth 100 shares. Even index options. They have a multiplier of 100. Okay, so the next thing we have is the underlying. This is the underlying. This is the stock. We call it underlying security, okay? It's going to be stock, pretty much. That's where we're going to be doing this, okay? That's the stock you get to buy or sell. This is the exercise. Okay, this is the expiration month. That's the month that expires. And when is that? That's going to expire on the third Friday of the month. Boom. Expiration, third Friday of the month. Boom. When? Oh, great time. So what happens is on the third Friday of the month, you have to, it, you can stop trading around 4 p.m. Around 4 p.m. At fucking 4 p.m. Yeah, there's sometimes a rotation. If the stock doesn't close on time, the options can close a little later, but let's go with 4 p.m. You have to issue exercise instructions by 5.30 p.m. And they expired 11.59 p.m. on that third Friday. It used to be worse. It used to be the, the Saturday after the third Friday. But I'll tell stories about that one other time. I was 13 years old being a runner in the early 80s. Now, so again, it you can stop trading at 4 p.m. You're done trading it. You have till 5.30 to exercise unless it's automatically done. And then it expires at 11.59 on the third Friday of the month. Boom. Okay. Now, this 
is the exercise or strike price. That you can use either one, exercise slash strike price. That's the price we either get to buy or sell. And in this case, it's a buy because what is a call? A call is the right to buy, okay? A call is the right to buy. How many shares are you going to buy? Back to that, 100 shares. And now this wonderful thing here is the premium, okay? This is the premium. That's what you pay for the damn thing. I bought it for three bucks. Now, here's the thing, $3 a share. How many shares do we get? We get 100 shares, so it's 300 bucks. So $3 is 300, $2 is 200, $5 is 500. Even when I'm trading options, sometimes I forget, I go, oh my God, they're so freaking expensive. Like I see an option for Tesla, it's like 1,212. So I think, oh, it's not a big deal. It's 1,200 bucks. It's not cheap, okay? So that's the breakdown of the option. That's a call, okay? Let's, we'll come back to that. Let's erase away. And let's do buy a put, buy one, XYZ, October 50 put at three. All the stuff is the same. I'm gonna do it quicker. This is the action we bought. This is for hundred shares. This is the underlying. This is the expiration month. This is the strike price. This is the type. This gives me the right to sell, okay? So the put gives me the right to sell, okay? right to sell and i paid three dollars for 300 for that fair enough just going through the basics of the contracts first okay now what's interesting let's go back to the buy a call for a second buy one abc october 50 call at three now let's say you have the right to buy stock at 50 and we're going to get heavier into it you have the right to buy stock at 50. what if the stock is trading at 60 bucks you have the right to still buy it at 50. Hmm. But how do I get to buy something at 50 when it's trading at 60? Somebody has to sell it to me. And who would that be? That would be this person. Sell one, ABC. That's me. October 50 call at three. So you bought the call. You paid me three bucks. I now have an obligation. Now, just understand, since you're exchange traded, they're kind of what they call fungible. They can be replaceable by other people. I like that. The word fungible, never heard of it before, but until we talked about NFTs. But you're paid me 50, you paid me $3 to have the right to buy it at 50. And that means no matter where it's trading, as long as it's trading before the third Friday in October, you get to buy it at 50 no matter where it is, whether it's at 60, 600, 1,000, a million, does not matter. You get to buy it at 50 and I got to sell it to you, okay? We'll get much, much more into that. But I just want to make sure you understand that this is two sides of the same contract, okay? This is the buyer. This is the seller, okay? You have the right. Buyers have rights. Sellers have obligations. Say that all the time. Buyers have rights. Sellers have obligations. I'll try to put a little screen up here and do it, but I don't know. Buyers have rights. Sellers have obligations. I am obligated to sell you stock at 50 when you tell me to. You have the right to buy it at 50 if you wanted to. You don't have to, but you can. Now, let's have some fun. Let's change this, this board up. It looks horrible that it's at. There we go. Remember, two sides of the same contract. Now, let's say the stock is trading at 50. Okay? Well, you could either buy it or not. Probably not. Why would you bother with it? So you let it expire. This is called in the money, right? So if it's trading at the strike price, it's called in the money, in, in the money, okay? They're in the money. 
It's not in the money. Okay, hold on. So let's say the stock's trading at 50 bucks. Bring it down here so it's even with the strike price. That's called at the money, okay? So if the stock is trading at the strike price, it's at the money. Now, remember, that doesn't matter if it's a buy or a sell. That has nothing to do with it. In the money, out of the money, at the money has nothing to do with premium or buy or sell. It's about the option, not about you. Don't make it about you. Now, if it's at the money, it's probably going to expire because why would you, I mean, it's not even worth doing, which is good because remember, when you sell an option, I got money from you and I'm hoping it expires, okay? So if you buy you buy this, you spent three and you gave me three bucks. If you, if I can get you to get this option to expire, then I keep the money. It's only going to happen if the stock trades at 50 or below. So let's talk about that. So let's say the stock is trading at 45. That's out of the money, which means it won't be exercised. That's kind of what they mean. Okay. Let's put a little slash here. No exercise. Okay. Won't exercise. Because think about it. You have the right to buy stock at 50. The stock's trading at 45. Why the fuck would you pay 50 when you could pay 45? So you're not going to do this? Boom. So let's think about this just so we can conceptually get it. You have a coupon. You have a piece of paper that says you can buy, across, you can buy 100 shares at 50. That's great. So if it's trading above 50, you're a happy person, right? But if it's trading below 50, why bother? Just throw the fucking option out and buy the stock at 45. So you would let it expire if it's out of the money and I would be very happy. Okay, now, let's say the stock is trading up at, I can't get this printer thing to work, at 55. That's in the money, okay? How much is it in the money? It's in the money by $5. Not percentage, $5. Dollar is, I I don't know what the hell that was. Okay, so it's in the money by $5 or five points, if you want to say, whatever you want to do. That means you probably would exercise. That has nothing to do with profit or loss. In the money doesn't have anything to do with you. It has nothing to do with profit and loss. It has to do with whether it's exercisable or not. So in this case, you would exercise it because you have the right to buy it at 50 when it's trading at 55. Again, if you have a coupon to do something, if I have a coupon here that says I can buy stock at 50, and it's trading at 55, I would do that in a hot minute, okay? Hot second, if you want to say. Super duper fast, because right away I'm making some moolah. Now, it's five bucks in the money. That doesn't mean I'll make five, because let's think about this. And again, later, later, go watch my membership shit. You can see the math. But look, you bought the stock at 50. You can buy it at 50. You can immediately sell it at 55. So you make five bucks. Great. Ah, but you spend $3, so you're going to make two. Still make money, you just don't make the full five, you make two. So this has nothing to do with you or profit and loss. Now, does that make sense? Good, I'm glad. Now, let's jump around a little bit. So let's change this to, we'll put this down here. We'll put this up here. So we sold a 50 call at three. It's the same thing. If it's trading at 50, it's at the money. If it's trading at 45, it's out of the money. If it's trading at 55, it's in the money. Because remember, the seller doesn't have rights. The buyers have rights, okay? Now, it is, again, it's all about the call. So anything above the strike price is in the money on a call, and anything below is out of the money. It has nothing to do with it. Now, as a seller, I want it to be at the money or out of the money so that the buyer will not use it 
and it expires and I keep the $3. Like I explained this way. So let's, you guys all have iPhones probably, you might even be watching this on an iPhone, okay? So when you first bought this, what did they want you to do? They want you to buy Apple Care, right? You pay the couple hundred bucks to Apple Care and they say that they'll fix your phone if it goes bad. But what are they hoping? They're hoping that you sit with your phone and it never goes back to you. It never comes in. And after the year or two years, they, it will expire and they keep the money. That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm taking the money. I'm saying to you, listen, hey guys, um, if you want to buy stock at 50, I'll sell it to you. Even if it goes to 90, I'll still sell it to you. The problem is if it goes to 90, what has to happen? I have to go buy it at 90 so I can sell it to you at 50. So I lose a shitload of money, okay? A lot of money. So I have a lot of risk here. But I took that on hoping that I'll just keep the three. And now it does seem like a lot of risk, but in reality, 80% of options expire worthless. So selling options, I know it seems risky, but in reality, with stats and math, it's not as risky. The, uh, max loss is unlimited on this puppy, but it doesn't happen that way. So most of the 80% of the time, you'll make money selling calls. It's just so when it goes bad, it goes really fucking bad. So okay with this. So now let's go back to this. Let's bring this back to the way it was. Erase this so it's not confusing. Let's say you decide to exercise. This works for any option. You decide to exercise. So on Monday, you decide to exercise. The next morning, your broker dealer is going to call, is going to, they're going to let OCC know by the next morning, like 10 a.m. Who's the OCC? That's the options clearing corp. They're the, they're the corp that is guaranteeing all the options. They don't mean you're going to make money, but they guarantee performance. Like you have the right to buy stock at 50. If I bail on you, they'll make you whole and then they'll track my ass down, okay, to get the money. So OCC guarantees, but they also do the assigned. So you, you bought the 50 call three, you decide you want to exercise. The next morning at 10 a.m., the OCC says, okay, we're going to assign it to someone. So they're going to pick a broker dealer at random who has people who have this position. And then when they pick the, say they pick Goldman Sachs, then they send a notice to Goldman Sachs and then Goldman Sachs, remember OCC can do random. Goldman Sachs then has to find someone who has sold that call. Doesn't matter about the premium, but has sold that specific call and is obligated and they will assign the risk to them, which means they have to go sell the stock at 50 to the buyer. Now that could be me who sold it to you directly or anyone else who sold that option. That's why it's like on an exchange, it's very liquid. I may have bought mine back a day later. Who cares? It doesn't matter. You know that you bought a call. You have the right to buy stock at 50. You know that there'll be somebody who'll sell it to you at 50. And that's going to be somebody who sold that same call. So again, you notify. The next morning, the OCC finds out. They pick a broker dealer. By the end of the day, that broker dealer has picked someone who has a position, at a short position at their firm, and then they assign them. So when you buy an option and you exercise it, when you sell an option, you get assigned. Hope that helps a little bit. Let's jump on to the Putaroonies. Buy one XYZ March 30 put, making up names at four. And then the other side of the contract, I'm gonna sell one XYZ March 30 put at four. There we go. So we sell a March 30 put at four. Okay. What do I have the right to do? So this person 
you, you bought it. Great. You bought it at four. You sent, you bought it from me. So I have $4 of your money, which is really 400 bucks. And you have the right to sell it at 30, no matter where it goes. So if the stock goes to 25, you get, you could technically just buy the stock at 25 and then sell it at 30 because you have the right and make five bucks. But you won't really make five bucks because you did spend four. So you only spend, you only make one. Now, if it's trading below, remember, this is the opposite. So if it's trading below the strike, this is called in the money. In the money. Boom. Now, if it's trading at 30, what is it called, folks? Yes, you got it right. At the money. Say it loud in the back. I want to hear it. Now, what if it's trading at 35? That's out of the money. That means it won't be exercised. Why would you do it? If you have the right to sell a stock at 30 and you could sell it at 35, you go, fuck it. I don't want it. You just sell it at 35. All good. Good shit. Okay. So again, same thing. If it's out of the money, it has nothing to do with you. You won't exercise. If it's at the money, you probably won't exercise. You could, but you probably wouldn't. And if it's in the money, at some point you will exercise. Even if you would lose money, even if this stock went to, instead of 27, but went to like 28. If you did that, you could buy the stock at 28, sell it at 30 because you have the put, make two, but you spent four. So you'd actually lose $2. You'd still exercise because I'd rather lose two than let it expire and lose four. Okay, we're good with that. Now let's switch it around. Bring this person back up there. It's me. I sold the 30, put it four. Stock's trading up at 35. I'm a happy camper because you won't exercise. You let it expire and boom, I win four bucks. If it's at 30, you probably won't exercise. Boom, I win four bucks. If it's trading at 28, you're, that's in the money by two points. You're going to exercise, which means I'm going to have to go. What am I going to have to do? You bought the right to sell it. So it means I am obligated to buy it from you. So I have to buy it from you at 30. So if it's trading at 28 and you exercise, I'm going to have to buy it at 30 because you told me to, and then turn around and sell it at 28. So I lose two bucks, but I have four ready. So I'm actually going to make two. But let's go back to the original. Let's say it goes to 25. It's five points in the money. If you exercise, I'm going to have to buy it from you at 30. I don't want to own it. So I'm going to have to sell it at 25, which means I lose five bucks on that but I have four, so I lose a dollar. So I'm losing money. There you go. So now, and that's where breakpoints and stuff like come in. Well, we can talk about that um, at a later time or just watch my membership video and boom, you got it. Okay, now, again, I want it to expire. I sold the put. I want it to expire. You bought it. You want to use it because you spent money. Now, back to here. You just, same thing as before. You decide to exercise. The next morning, the OCC knows, they get, a, they get the assignment, they pick a broker dealer, say it's Schwab, Schwab will find some schlub who's, who is short this position and say, listen, by the way, Ken, you got to buy the stock at 30. I don't want to, I don't want to, but I have to because I took the money, I get assigned and I have to do it. I can't back out of it. I can't change anything. I have to exercise. There's no way, like they may try to ask you, can you undo it? Nope. Okay, so I hope that gives you the basics of the options <clears throat> and how they work. Okay, let's get back. Okay. Hey, how are you guys? What's up? Back in the big screen. Okay. So remember, the buyer is the owner, the holder. The seller is the writer, short, stuff like that. They're short the option. Okay. 
<clears throat> now, types of options. We did this, but we're going to do it again. Types of options. There's call options. It's a type. That's a right to buy. Put options is the right to sell. Okay. Put option is the right to sell. Call is the right to buy. Okay. Okay. Now, class of options. In case it's class are all of the calls or all of the puts. So like, let's talk about like Tesla options. All of the Tesla options are a class. Tesla calls are a class of options. All of the Tesla puts are a different class of options. So, so type is call versus put, like a specific. Class is all of like a specific security, like GE's calls are as a class. GE's puts are a class also. Good, okay. Series is like all of the options of the same class with the same strike in months. So the, the March 40 calls, is a series, okay, of, of the stock. So it's like Tesla March 40 calls. Tesla March 50 calls is a series. Tesla October 40 calls is a series, okay? Now, um, and then a different series is the March 50 puts or the January 50 puts. That's a series, okay? Here's a little thing I do. So now, if you have a call, let's say it's a 50 call. If the market price is at 60, that's in the money. And that means it has intrinsic value, okay? Intrinsic value. Intrinsic value is in the money amount. So in this case, there's $10 of intrinsic, okay? Now, the premium is made up of different things, okay? Why would I want to change my language? Hmm. Okay. Computer's crazy. It's what happened when you pay too much for a computer. It starts thinking on its own. So um, <clears throat> intrinsic value is how much it's in the money. <clears throat> intrinsic value is how much it's in the money. So we're in the money by 10 points here. Now let's say we have a 50 call and let's say the premium, make up a number is 13, okay? So premium's 13, intrinsic is 10. So what's the extra call? The extra is called time value, TV, time value. Time value is three bucks, okay? So the intrinsic is 10, time value is three. It's, so the time value is what you're paying over what it's worth. Because think about it. If the stock is trading at 60, ignore the premiums for a second. Stock is trading at 60. I could buy the stock at 50 and sell it at 60 because I have a call. And I'd make 10 bucks, but I'm paying 13. So it means I'm paying $3 over what it's worth. Always remember, premium is made up of time value plus intrinsic. TV plus intrinsic value equals premium. But either one of them could be zero. There could be no time value. It doesn't really happen that often. But on the last day of expiration, you could do that. And then intrinsic is what it's worth. So intrinsic could be zero too, right? Because if the stock is out of the money, there's no intrinsic, so it's zero. I like it. Good job, guys. You're picking it up. Now, remember something. The closer in time value is what, it's, what we're paying over what it's worth. We're paying for the time that we have it, right? So if you buy, an, let's say today's February 28th. If I buy a March 7th call, I'm going to have a little, only a week's worth of time value. But if I buy a March 11 or a an 18 or a following one, then that's more time. So the time value is going to be more which means the premium is going to be even more. 
So let's see if I can do this and make it look right. Okay, so let's say, let's say you have a 50 call. Remember, buying or selling doesn't matter. So this is our, our 50 calls. Okay, so now it's February 28th right now. So if I buy the March, and let's say the stock is trading at, put it over here, common stock, ooh, stack, what the hell is that word is that? Is trading at, we'll say 55 bucks. So let's say the March 50 call would be worth, let's say $5 intrinsic, right? Plus a little bit of time value, maybe be trading for like six bucks. We'll say the March, yeah, I'll stick with March is big. Now, let's say that you can do weeklies like the seventh every Friday, but let's go big. Okay, let's say the April, the April call, 50 calls. Well, that's a whole extra fucking month to have something good happen. So maybe it's still worth $5 of intrinsic, but maybe that time value is more. So maybe I'm going to say it's $2 of time, maybe $3 of time value. So now the premium's $8. That's a lot more. Is it? Yeah, $3. Yeah, that works. Now, let's say I go out to June. That's even more time. June 50 call. That's going to be even more time. So maybe that's going to be like trading at 12 bucks. Who the hell knows, right? So that could, maybe I'll make it 10, make it look better. So the farther out you go, the more intrinsic you have because there's more time. But that also means as we get closer to the expiration date, it starts, the premium starts dropping because it's less and less time value. So if the stock doesn't move, it stays at 55 through March, April, and June. Well, after March is over, this is worthless. So the closer we get to the expiration month, the less smaller the time value is. So the premium drops. So it, so as a buyer, you're going to lose money because you're going to spend, you spent six, but then when we get closer to the end of March, it's only worth three, we're going to lose money. But if you sell a call or sell an option and you get closer to the expiration date, you're happier because remember, if you sold it for six and now we're near the end of March and it's only worth two or three, I can buy it back for two and make money because you can make money different ways, right? If you buy an option you or sell an option, you can buy it back or whatever for more or less than you paid for it and either make money or lose money. You don't have to exercise to make money. So if I buy this call for six, and then maybe we get to the end of March and it's only worth four. I may just sell it to recoup some of my some of my money and I'd lose two bucks, but it's better than letting it expire and losing the whole thing. So that's time value is a thing that deteriorates as time goes on. So it's you're basically paying for that extra time or what you think over what it's worth. You're paying for the time. So here in our point, you know, here's a dollar for a month, maybe $2 and then $4, whatever, $5 of time value we're paying more for what what we think what we want to pay for it okay okay so let's talk about break even a little bit so if you buy a 50 call at three or let's say even sell I, I do this a lot so i want you all to see that it's two sides two sides of the same contract okay so if you buy a 50 call at three we can know that we're bullish and again i have all whole membership thing on this, but I'm trying to help. If you buy a 50 call three, you're bullish because you want the stock to go up. So you make money. The question is how much does it need to fucking go up? Well, you spent three, so you needed to go up three points. So when you have a call, it's strike plus premium. So it'd be 53. Okay. And when you sell a call, okay, it's the same thing. It's strike plus premium, but let's talk about it. If you sell a 50 call, 
you're, you have the, you're obligated to sell the stock at 50 no matter how high it goes. And if you if nothing happens and the stock stays right here, the stock stays here, boom, you're making the three bucks, you're happy. But if it starts going up, you're, you're not happy. Oh, so if, we want, if we're afraid of it going up, then we want it to go down because we're bearish. Now, if in this case, if the stock goes to like 52, you're going to get exercise, which means you have to go buy it at 52, turn around and sell it at 50, and you lose two bucks. But you do have three already, so you make a dollar. So if the stock goes up to 53, then you'll buy it for 53, sell it at 50, you lose three, but you have three, so you break even. Ah, so interesting. So if you buy a call or you sell a call, break even is strike plus premium. Good. So remember that. Call up, put down. That's what people say a lot. If you buy a call, you're bullish. If you sell a call, you're bearish. But either way, break even is strike plus premium when it's by itself. So let's change this up a little bit. Let's change it to puts. Again, buying a put is a right to sell. I would love the stock to go down so I can make some money. The question is, how far down does it have to go? So I need it to go down. I need to go down at least three points. So buying a put or selling a put, it's strike minus premium. So break even on a put is when it's by itself is strike minus premium. Break even on a call is strike plus. Just remember that that's going to save your ass. Now, how, why is it down? Let's see. If it goes to 47, I get to buy it at 47 and sell it at 50. I make three, but I spent three, so it's break even. Like kissing your sister. Say the same thing down here. It goes to 47. I will have to buy it at 50 because I'm obligated to sell it at 47 because I don't want to own it. I lose three, but I have three from selling the option, kissing your sister, break even. Anything below 47, I keep losing money. And on the put, anything, anything below 47, I start making money. There you go on that. Now, let's talk about another thing. Stock splits. I have a stock video, try to put it here, but let's go into this now. If you own one XYZ October 50 call, don't worry about the premium. Now, you know that it's worth 100 shares. So if we have this, so we have a three for one split. And I did these on my other video, a five for four split. Anything into one is considered an even split. Anything not into one is not an even split. Okay. So three to one is an even split. How do I do this? Splits, I always do the first number divided by the second, three divided by one equals three. I'll do this one down here, five divided by four equals 1.25. Now, what we're going to do is since we have an even split and we stock splits means you're going to get more shares worth less, what's going to happen is you're going to get three contracts. So you can, it's an even number of contracts. So you're going to get, meaning not like a portion of them. You're going to have three X, Y, Z, October, I'm making it 50 divided by three, I think it's 16.66. You would have three October 1666 videos. That's kind of a way too to see if there was a split or a stock dividend. Because if you see the strike price looks a little off kilter. Now on the five for four, well, we can't get a part, it's not an even, and we can't get a partial contract. So we're still gonna owe, it's 1.25 times. So we're gonna do one contract still, but it's worth 125 shares instead of 100. And then it's going to be an October Ucker, October 40 call. So they're going to, so you're going to do, you're going to multiply 1.25 times the number of shares in the contract. 
And then you're going to take the strike price and divide it by 1.25. And there's your new strike price. Boom, love it. Remember one thing good to know, if it's a cash dividend, nothing fucking happens, okay? If you have a cash dividend, nothing happens. We don't care. Okay, so now, remember I talked about the OCC a little bit before I get into hedging and all that fun stuff. If you remember, I talked about the OCC. So the OCC does more than just make sure people are you know, delivering on the options positions that they bought and sold. It's also, there's a thing called position limits. So you're not gonna have to know the numbers they'll tell you. So what they do is they're gonna look at position limits and exercise limits. So position limits are how many shares you can own, how many options you can own, on the same side of the market, meaning bulls. So if they're talking about position limits, they're gonna combine long calls, which are bullish, and short puts, which are bullish, okay? They're both bullish. So they're gonna combine them into one, okay? So if you own, say the position limits are 10, they're not, they're way higher than that. If you own seven calls, you can only sell short three puts. If you own three calls, you can only short seven puts. That's what they do. So the long calls and short puts to go together and the short calls and long puts go together. So because they're bearish. And again, they just combine them. That works for position limits and exercise limits. So a position limit is basically saying how many share, how many contracts you or someone you have control over. So if you have, the, if you have just accounts and you have customers, then you can they, they, your customers don't count towards your list your body count, right? Um, but if you have discretion over the account or someone else, they combine them. So if you have discretion, they combine them. If you don't have discretion, they're separate customers. So one thing they look at position limits, they'll, they'll tell you the limit. And if you go over it, you're in violation. The other thing is exercise limits. It's how many options in this group you can exercise in, in any five-day five period. So that's what exercise limits are. And the reason they do it is they're trying to prevent major, major swings in the market, okay? So if you have, if you, have you know, 400,000 fucking calls and 300,000 puts and you exercise them all, you're going to drive the market up because those are all fucking buying things, right? So you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna make the market move a lot, okay? So they put limits on how much you can own at one time, and then they put a much smaller limit on how much you can exercise in any five-day period. Hope that helps. Okay, what's a leap? A leap. It's a leap. Me being a teacher is a big leap. Okay. That's a leap of faith. Okay. But if anyone who knew me when I was younger, be like, there's no fucking way. I talk a lot. There's no way I could be smart enough to teach, but I surprised everyone. Okay. A leap is a long-term equity anticipation product. Okay. So basically it's an option that's longer. Okay. They have a, they could be up to 36 to 39 months. And at one time I tried to go on the CBOE, which is the options exchange and the OCC websites to find out which ones are like 36 versus 39. And their words exactly were leap options are between 36 and 39 months. So there you go. So now they're long-term. So they have much more time value. If you buy them out, there's a couple of things you should know. If you buy a regular option, you have to pay full price for it. You can't really margin it. If you short it, there's a whole margin game, but you can't margin options. Leaps, as long as they're more than nine months long, until expiration, you only have to put down 75%. But once they get within nine months of expiration, you have to put down the balance of the full percent. 
That's one thing. Leaps are longer term. They're up to three years, which is 36 to 39 months. You can, they're just like calls and puts, the same thing, but they're not. But they're not. They're not called calls and puts. They're options, but they're, you know, they're called leaps. They'll, and on the test, they'll say leap. Here's the other thing. Options last how long? The longest options are nine months. The way I remember it is two people were sitting in a bar and they were betting on the price of a stock. And they go, look, I think it's going to go up. I think it's going to go down. So they put money on the table and they decided they weren't sure. So go, when's the date? What, what date do we decide whether we're right or wrong? And one guy goes, well, my wife is pregnant. So let's say when she gives birth, that's the day we do it. So that's what, that's what nine months came out. Okay. Now, remember, I'm Irish. Keep that in mind. So stories have a little tint on them. Okay. So now, um, but so since they're under a year, they're always short term. All options are short term. Okay. Now, leaps can be long-term, right? Because if it's more than a year, it is. But remember, this is a tricky one. Short sales are always short-term. So if you short a leap call or short a leap put and you buy it back after over a year, it's still a short-term because long short sales are always short-term. So you could, so the definition of a, of a long-term gain is holding an asset for more than a year. And if you're short it, you're not holding it. Okay, so now, if you have an option, what can you do? You can either exercise it, you can liquidate it, means get rid of it. Now, let's talk about that for a second. So, you can trade options without having to exercise them, which is what I do. I don't ever exercise them because I don't have the fucking money to do that shit. Okay, I'm a poor man. So, but when you're trading them, they're either open or closed. So, when you create a position, so if you buy a call or a put, let's say an option. We say you buy an option. That's you're creating a position. That's called an open. If it's open, it has to be followed by a closing or liquidating. So we're going to call that a closing, okay? Now, if we bought it to open, then we have to, when you buy something, how do you get rid of it? You sell it. So that's a closing sale, okay, of an option. So if you buy it to open, you close it to sell. And a profit and loss is, is there. So like if you buy it for five and sell it for seven, you have a profit. If you buy it for five and sell it for three, you have a loss. Now, let's say you short a call for the first time, short an option. Say short an option. That's the first time. That's called an opening sale. Open sale because you're creating an obligation. But then if you want to buy it back, that's horrible. Um, you want to buy it back. That would be a closing purchase. So remember, when you start the position, it's open. And when you get rid of it, it's closing. You're closing out or liquidating, okay? But it's always open first, close second. So if you open buy, it has to be followed by a closing sale. If you have an opening sale, that's has to be followed by a closing buy. That's a little one that confuses people a lot. Now, if you exercise the option, you're actually doing it, meaning that if I buy a call and I exercise it, I'm actually buying the stock at the strike price. If I buy a put, I'm actually selling the stock at the strike price. If I sell a call, I'm actually selling the stock at the strike price because I've been assigned. If I'm selling a put and I get assigned, I'm actually buying the stock at the strike price. Now, there's two types of exercise. There's American style and European style. Of course, American style is the best. American style, basically all, all equity options and ETF options are 
for the most part, are American style. American style, which means you can exercise anytime you want. You can trade it whenever you want. You can exercise you want. Freedom. Okay. Now, European style, very communistic. Okay. So what they do, socialistics, if you want to say, no offense to people in Europe, but I just make you remember. So what does European style mean? It means they sit on the corner, smoke skinny cigarettes and have skinny jeans. No, that means what it does mean is that you can only exercise at expiration. You can exercise anytime you want. You can only exercise pretty much at expiration or a specific time, but they really mean at expiration. Any all pretty much all index options other than the OEX are ex, are European. So that's what you have to remember. So we're going to American, do whatever we want. European, you're going to only do it on a certain date. Do this. Let's do some little advanced strategies again. Watch my video. That'll help you. But I'm going to give you a little, little head start here. Okay. Let's say I buy one XYZ, October 50 call at four. I wanted to go up, right? I wanted to go up four points. And I also buy one XYZ, October 50 put at three. Now, look, I'm not going to go into the math here, but I'm going to give you a head start here. So now, if you buy a 50 call at four, you want it to go up. You want to go up at least four points. And if you buy the 50 put, you want it to go at least down three points. So, but here's the thing. We spent a total of seven. So this is what they call a long straddle, okay? Startle, I'm an idiot. A long, God, can you can't damn spell. So a long straddle means I want the stock to move. Since I paid seven, I need this stock to go up at least seven points or down seven points, okay? I need it to move. So a long straddle, you want volatility. You're buying it for volatility. Again, I explained it all in my membership video. A quick little 20 bucks I'm taking from you and you'll be answering all your questions. Now, let's say I change it up and I do a short straddle. Remember, because whenever you buy something, you, you kind of want something to happen so you can make some money, okay? Now, when you sell something, don't I have the money in my pocket? I already have it. So whenever you sell an option, you want it to expire. You want it to die. I always tell whenever you sell an option, you want it to die, which means if the stock stays at 50 at the money, both options will expire and you keep the seven bucks. So remember, this is a short straddle. I should have changed that. A short straddle. So short straddle stability. Short straddle stability, the triple S words. So I want nothing to happen. I am neutral. Good. So just so you can recognize something, hold on. This is a short straddle, it means everything's the same. So if they change anything in here, like if they change this to like a 55 call or this to like a different month, like maybe make it up like a November, that makes it, it's still the same characteristics, but it's a combination. They basically still, if it's a short combination, you still want it to, you still, you still want it to be neutral. It's just, you have a little more room and the strikes for the months are different. So that's a short combo. If these are buys, I'll change that. Buy, buy. It's still, it's still a fucking straddle. It just looks a little different. It's a long combo and you still want volatility, okay? So whenever you buy a straddle or combo, you want volatility. When you're short a straddle or combo, you want neutrality or stability. 
short straddle stability, same thing. Okay. Do I sound tired? Yeah, it's like one o'clock in the morning on the 28th. So if I buy a 50 call at nine and I sell a, let's say this way. So what's my break even here? It's 59. So I don't want to do that. So what I'm going to do is I, you know, maybe that's a lot. So maybe I'd offset my risk a little bit. I'll sell a 60 call at three. So now instead of spending nine, I only spent six. So my break even is a little different. Again, my video does this, but so the way to recognize this, so the best way to do this, so a couple of things, spreads have neither, no one limited about anything. It's very limited what you can gain and loss because you're not looking for big moves. You kind of just looking to make either make a little money quickly or put some money in your pocket without a lot of risk. Okay. And people trade these all day long. They don't just hold on to them. They buy and sell them and make a little money. So the best thing I can do right now is tell you to recognize. So let's talk about this. So let's talk about first here, buy a call, buy a put. That is a straddle. That is a long straddle. Let me do right this up. Okay. That's a long straddle on volatility. Sell a call. Sell a put. What is that, guys? Yeah, you're right. That's a short straddle. Good. Say it in the back. Okay. I want neutrality. Now, buy a call. Sell a call. That's a call spread. Hence, there were two calls in it. Call spread. They can be debit. They can be bullish. They can be bearish. Okay. Buy put. Sell put. It's a put spread. Okay. So volatility, stability. It could be bullish or bearish. It could be bullish or bearish. Just like, oh, yeah, that works. So look what's the difference. So in a straddle, the left side's the same. It's two buys or two sells. And on a spread, it's two calls or two puts. There you go. That's that's half the battles recognizing again. You want to do the math? I have a awesome videos on that. Keep in mind that spreads have no lim unlimited anything. There's never unlimited anything about a spread. Okay, I'm not going to get into the whole thing, but basically, there's a thing called a butterfly spread. There's all the different ones. If they ask it on the exam, I think it's pretty much. I think it's more of a just a test question. But here's if if I have a heart attack now and don't know anything, remember spread butterflies want neutrality they want they kind of make money if nothing happens i'm not going to get into it but basically it's like having two spreads like you'd be long you do you have you have the two wings right so you're gonna be long a 90 call then short two 80 calls and then long a 70 call so you're gonna have a high a low you're gonna add of the money two at the money and then one deep in the money so the whole point or whatever, so the whole point is you're going to have four options. It's like kind of two spreads put together, but you're looking for neutral. That's what you're looking for because you're hoping to make money on this and then lose less on this. So the whole point is don't go into it. Just understand that you want neutrality. That's what you're looking for neutral. Okay. That's the way it's going to be. Okay. Okay. Hedging, baby. So let's go into this. If you're long... 100 shares at 50. Obviously, I want the fucking shit to go up. Make money. What I'm worried about is it going down. So it'd be, wouldn't it be really nice that if it went down, I had the ability to sell it at a fair price. So 
What option gives me the right to sell? Shit. What option gives me the right to sell? Hmm, guys, come up, help me here. Buy a put. Buy one 45 put. I'll say March. March 45 put at three. So what is that doing? That says no matter how low the stock goes, I get to sell it at 45. I can't lose that much. I really only can lose eight bucks. Stock goes to zero. Your customer calls you up screaming at you go, hey, what the fuck? You just sold some of my money. And you go, relax. I know it's a zero, but I sold it at 45 for you. How'd you do that? You're a genius. Because you bought a put, but we paid three bucks for it. So we buy the stock at 50. I'm going to do that one. Buy the stock at 50, sell it at 45, you lose five, plus a three, you lose your eight. So that's a that's a, a protective put. Now, if it's a married put, if you do it the same day, because here's a couple little taxi thing. So if you buy stock today, March 20, uh, February 28th, you have to hold it till, I was going to say February 29th, you have to hold it till March 1st of next year to make it a long-term gain. And if you buy a put the same day, you're still good. But if you buy a put anytime after the day you buy the stock, before you before March 1st of next year, you wipe out your holding period, right? So let's say you buy the stock February 28th, and in July, you buy a put. You've held the stock for you know March, April, May, June, four months. You know, you're talking 130 days of holding period. You're six months away, seven months away, eight months away from getting long-term status, but then you buy a fucking put. You wipe out the whole thing, it goes to zero, and your holding period is at zero until you get rid of the put. So you don't want to do that. So you're either going to buy a put the same day they buy the stock and it's a married put, or you wait till you get long-term status already, then you can do whatever you want. So this is a protective put. It's protect. You're still bullish because whenever you own stock, you're always bullish, but you're protecting the downside. Now, what if I don't want protection? I want income. I want to do the safest options and strategy there is. So if I want some income, I'm going to sell one. IBM, whatever, 55 call at three. And I'm okay if the stock doesn't move, I make the three bucks, but I'm limited, right? So I, I can still lose money, the stock goes down, this doesn't hedge me a lot, but if I'm limiting my upside to put money in my pocket. So if the stock goes above 55, I'm gonna have to sell the stock at 55. So I bought it at 50, I have to sell it at 55, I make five plus the three, I make eight bucks. That's all I can make, okay? So that's a covered call. This is a, when you hear the word covered call, that's what they're talking about. Long stock and sell a call. You can do this in any, you can do this in any account there is. Margin, UGMA, UGMA mutual funds, any account you can do this in because it's, you're not adding any risk. You're actually making it. God, you scared the shit out of me, you jerk. Okay. Um, I think my heart just stopped. I really do. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Come here. You're both coming. You know, you need, don't bark. Okay. Okay. So that's a covered call. Again, there's nobody there. Okay. That's a covered call. Super safe. You can do it in any account. So let's say we're short stock. Short. I do it the right way. Let's say we're short 100 shares of IBM at 50. What do I want to happen? I want it to go down. I want this not to go down because I'm short the stock. What am I afraid is going to happen? I'm afraid it's going to go up. So to protect myself of it going up, I'll buy one IBM 
October 55 call at three. That means even if the stock goes up to a million, I still get to buy it at 50 and I'm only going to lose eight bucks, which is great. This is called the protective call. Do you see a pattern here? We'll get into that. Okay. So protective call, boom, I like it. Now, I can, I'm still bearish. Remember, one, whatever the stock is, it never changes, right? If you're long stock, you're always bullish, no matter what option you do. If you're short stock, you're always bearish, no matter whatever option you do. So this is a protective call. But what if I say the word income? I want income instead. I'm looking for income. I'm going to sell one. Hey, IBM. 45 put at three. I'm going to sell a put. This is called a covered put. Unlimited risk, super risky because you're short the stock. Okay. Boom, it's a covered put. So let's come up with a little thing to make you guys remember. If you're long stock, you're either going to sell a call for income or buy a put for protection. So if you see, I call it buyers are hip, right? So hedge, insure, protect, you're buying an option. If you're long stock, you either buy a put or sell a call. If you're short stock, you're afraid it's going to go up. So you either buy a call to protect or sell a put for income. So remember, if you hear the word income, you know you're selling an option. If you hear the word protection, you're buying it. We buy insurance. We don't sell it. Okay? You remember this. Write this down. You need to know this. Let me show you one that doesn't come up in the test a lot, but it could be. Let's say you bought 100 shares of IBM at 50. But let's say the beta is higher. So maybe it's like, maybe it trades at two times. Like it's going to move faster than the market. Sometimes to do this, you'll do what they call a ratio, right? Where you, instead of selling one option, you'll sell two calls. You'll say two 55 calls. Because you're offsetting, right, the, um, the, the higher volatility. The problem is you only have one covered call and you have one naked call. You have one covered call and you have one naked call. So here, if you see the ratio, right? Just remember, if you see that you sold more calls than you own stock, you have unlimited risk. This is a deal. Okay. Hey, look, it's daytime. What the hell? It was one o'clock less. I know now it's 730 in the morning. I don't sleep. What the hell's going on? But no, we're talking about non-equity options. The ones that are not attached to stock. We have index options, we have foreign currency options, and we have interest rate options or yield-based, okay? So these options, you do not get the actual security when you exercise, okay? You're betting on it, go, you're betting on the actual index or currency or yield or interest rate to go up or down. That's what you're doing. You're betting on it going up and down. And if it does go that way and you exercise it, you receive the cash, okay? So let's start with this. So if I'm bullish, let's start with the index options like the S&P 500, stuff like that. If we think the index is going to rise, we're going to buy calls. If we think the index is going to drop, we're going to buy puts or do bearish options. A lot of people do it to hedge a portfolio. So like me, I don't have a big portfolio, so I'm not going to do this. It's not worth it. I'll buy individual options because I'm a poor fuck and it's just works that way. Now, if I have a bigger portfolio, I might do index options to offset the risk. So let's let's talk about this. So let's say I have a million dollar portfolio. Million dollars, woo million dollars, okay? It's not even that big, big for me, but not big. Now, if I have a million dollar portfolio, I'm worried that I'm not gonna buy 
options on every little stock that just gets too expensive. Okay, let's straighten that out so I don't look like a total idiot. Um, I'm, I, I'm, what I'm worried about is the market dropping as a whole, maybe not the specifics, but the market dropping as a whole, like with Ukraine, the market drops and then comes back. I don't know what's going to happen. So to protect myself, I want to hedge it by buying puts, but I'm not going to buy puts on each stock. It's too expensive. So I'm going to buy them on the, on the index. So like I'll buy a spy. So I'm, I don't know. I don't even care what the index strike price is, but let's say it's 250. Okay. So the spy, the 250, we know we're going to buy puts because we're afraid it's going to go down because we're, you know, we're bullish, but we want to protect yourself on the downside. What I'm going to do here is match up dollar for dollar. And if I could find a freaking calculator, that would be awesome. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, well, okay, so remember what I said before about options being 100 shares? Well, it's also a multiplier. So this 250 put, that 250, I have to multiply times 100. Okay, so that's 100 times 250 would be, if I do it right, 100 times 250 is 25,000. So this option contract is worth $25,000. Okay. So that's each one. doesn't matter the premium yet. I don't give a shit. Now, what I'm going to do is match up dollar for dollar. So they're going to ask you. So I'm going to match up dollar for dollar. What they're going to do is they're going to ask you how many puts we have to buy. So we go, okay, we have a million dollar portfolio. Do a million dollars. Put all the zeros in there and divide it by the value of the contract, 25,000. That means I'm gonna buy 40 puts. That means I'm gonna buy 40 S&P 250 puts. Okay, S&P 500, 250 strike price puts. Okay, so that's what I'm doing. I'm buying that. So what happens is if the market drops 10%, I lose 10% here, I'll gain 10% here and I kind of offset myself. That's what we're doing. So in reality, if I buy this, I spend, you know, However, a million dollars, I'm not spending a million, I'm buying the premium. But it's, if this drops, my market drops by 10%, this should rise by 10%, which offsets my gain. Because we're, remember, this is betting on it going down because I bought a put. Now, the curve they could throw at you is if, what if there's a beta? So let's say we have a beta of 1.5, right? Say the mar my portfolio has a beta of 1.5, which if you've seen in other videos, that just means I'm expected to move one and a half times the market, my portfolio. So in reality, if the if the market drops 10%, well, then my, my portfolio is not going to drop about 10%. It's going to drop 15%, which means I have to offset that. So what you would do is you would just adjust this by multiplying it times the beta. So you'd get the normal, you'd figure it out, and then you multiply times beta. So this means I'd have to get, I'd have to buy 60 puts because that would be 40, 40 times 1.5 is 60. So to properly hedge, I would have to do that. So this, what happens is these would all go down up 10%, but since I bought more then I would offset my loss. So if market went down 10%, I'd lose 150 up here, but hopefully I'd make 150 grand here because I'm putting a little bit more, buying a little more options. Hope that helps. Now let's talk about how they work. If we buy, and again, I'm using a strike price that's a lot lower than it is. If I buy the SPY 250 puts, I'll say calls. We're hot positive, right? We think it's going up. And we'll say we bought them at, at three, which is 300. We know that, right? So if the market closes, if the S&P closes at 255, I'll exercise. I don't get stock. Remember, you don't get stock in the index. You get the, you get the cash. 
So the buyer of the S&P. So let's say it goes to 255. The buyer of the option will exercise. It doesn't mean I get the stock of the index. I get cash. I get what they call the in the money amount. We've talked about that. So I will get the in the money amount. So that's the intrinsic value. I will receive 500 bucks. That's what I get. If the index went to 260, say it went to 260, I would get $1,000. So that's what you're getting. That doesn't mean it's my profit because you have to subtract the premium out of that. So in this case, I made 200. In this case, I made 700. But I received 500 when I went to 255 and I received 1,000. So the buyer gets the money when they exercise. That also means the seller of this option or that some, this option, I'm stuttering, would have to pay $1,000. That doesn't mean they lost 1,000, it's they pay 1,000 and then their loss is that minus the premium, okay? So that's the way the index option, they all work this way, that when you exercise, you get the in the money amount. Now let's talk about, and remember, again, this is a supplement. You still need to read the damn book to get the nitty gritty, but I'm just trying to help you out on the bigger one. So this is index options are based on the indexes. So, you know, the S&P 500, the 400, the 250, whatever it is, the NASDAQ, the Dow, they all have options that you can buy and bet on them. And it's a way to hedge a portfolio or just to straight up speculate. You think the market's going up, you buy the calls. If you think it's going down, you buy the puts. But if you have a portfolio of stocks, you would buy index puts. Okay, jumping on. Let's talk about interest rates or yield base. Interest rate options, you're betting on the interest rates moving. Everyone confuses this because bonds and interest rates go opposite. They think, oh, you're gonna do the opposite. No, you're betting on the fucking rates, okay? So if the interest rates right now, I wish, or oh, maybe, maybe not, or 7%. If I had bonds, I wish they were 7%. But right now, whatever. So now, interest rates are 7%. That equates to like a 70 strike price. Okay, we'll just call it that. Okay, if it's 7.5%, that equals like a 75 strike price, strike price. So if I think interest rates going up, I would buy, we'll call it an interest rate or yield base, 70 call. And say it, two. Okay, so that means I think the interest rates will go above 70. And actually, I think they go over above 72, 70, hold on. So if I buy this, I think the interest rates are going to go over seven because seven equals 70 strike. But I really actually think it's going to go over, my break point will be 7.2%. I don't think they'll go that deep on you on that. But I do think you have to understand it. That, so if I buy an interest rate 70, call it two, that my break, so if the interest rates go over, 7.2%, I beat my break even. If they go down, I obviously lose my premium. And what I do, the same thing, they go up. If I exercise, I'm going to get the in the money amount. So if the interest rates went to 8%, that's like 80, I would receive $1,000 because that's the difference, right? 10 times 100 is 1,000. And then, but I would only make 800. So if I think interest rates are going up, I buy interest rate calls. Now, if they talk about the hedge, if you have a bond portfolio, because people don't really have short bond portfolios, but it's not really, a th I mean, it can be done. It's just stupid. Um, if you have a bond portfolio of long bonds, you would want to, you would be worried that the interest rates would rise and the value price of your bonds would go down. So you would 
buy interest rate calls, okay? So to hedge a bond portfolio, you would buy interest rate calls. Now, I've done the million on the foreign currency one. What you need to know is the important one. You're betting on the foreign currency. Same thing. You're betting that it's going to go up or down. So remember this. This is what I tell everyone. Epic. I'm sure you've all seen it. If you're a U.S. exporter, you buy puts. Let's see if I can do this. Up. I look like an idiot. Exporters buy puts. Importers buy calls on the foreign currency. Remember that. It is never on the U.S. dollar. There are no there are no options on the U.S. dollar. Why? Because you're the greatest fucking country in the world, and the, everything's based on the dollar. All the other currencies are based on the dollar. They're compared to the dollar. So if I'm a U.S. exporter, I'm sending money. I'm sending goods out to another country. I'm worried that the foreign currency will drop and they can't buy as much as my shit. So I will buy puts so that I can offset. So if I buy puts on the foreign currency and it drops. I'll make money, hopefully to offset the less money I'm making on my imports. That works. If I'm an importer, I'm worried the foreign currency will go up because then I can't buy as much shit. So I'll buy calls on the foreign currency. So hopefully if the currency goes up, I'll make enough money on those calls to offset what I'm losing by not buying as much stuff. That's why exporters buy puts, importers buy calls. Now, everyone talks about what happens if it's a foreign one. I, you can remember another acronym, but I just do this. Find out what the, remember, no options on the U.S. currency, so they have to buy it on the foreign. So if you're a foreign exporter, well, what did the U.S. one do? They would buy puts, so then you would buy calls, okay? So foreign exporters would buy calls on their own currency, okay? Because you can't buy it on the dollar. I can't say that enough. Now, if I'm a foreign importer, well, a U.S. importer buy calls, so a foreign importer would buy puts on their own currency. That should help a little bit. Okay, remember, you're getting the currency, you're getting paid in dollars in the, uh, whatever it is, you're not getting the product, okay? Currency options is a little weird that way, but it doesn't matter. It's still, if you exercise an index option or non-equity option, you're not getting a product, you're getting cash. So when they say it settles in cash, they do not mean that it settles same day, which is slang for same day settlement. It means you're getting actual dollars when you exercise. Okay, the VIX option. Okay, so the VIX is all about volatility. So, so we're betting on volatility, okay? We're not, we're not actually taking a bullish bear stance per se, but we're betting on volatility. So if we think the market's gonna be more volatile, we think the VIX is going to rise, so we will buy calls. If we think the market is gonna be less volatile, we're gonna buy puts because we think the VIX will go down. So remember, so the VIX goes up and down based on volatility, okay? So the more volatile the market, the higher the VIX goes. The less volatile the market, the lower the VIX is. It's not 100% correlated to bullish and bearish, but they call it the fear index because usually markets rise slow, but bang down, right? So they rise slow, which is nice and calm, low VIX, but then they bang down, which is volatile. So it means the VIX is gonna go up. So if I think the market is bearish, I'm going to buy calls on the VIX. If I think the market's going to be bullish, I'm going to buy puts on the VIX, okay? Because up is calm, down is volatile. Okay, so now I'm going to give you a little bit of a little gift. I'm sure you guys have some version of this, but I just want you guys to have it on record of what you can do, okay? So we have a little option box to keep everything straight. So buy, own, hold, right, sell, short. So either buy, own, or hold options, or you write them, sell them, short them. 
So then the other part is here we have calls or puts. And I've done this on other ones, but let's make sure we have it. So it's either buy on hold calls. So here, let's make sure we got this. This box is buy a call. This box is buy a put. This box is short a call. This was short a put. So if I buy a call, what do I have? I have the right to buy 100 shares at the strike price until expiration. It means I want the stock to go up because I can make money on the way. So I'm bullish. My max gain is unlimited. We didn't talk about this, but you should know this. Max loss is the premium. Now, break even is strike plus premium. Okay. Now, since the buyer of the call has the right to buy, then the seller is obligated to the seller must sell 100 shares at the strike price when the buyer tells them to. Let me make it look good. At the strike or exercise, if you want to call it, they must sell when the buyer tells them to. You took on that money, so you're obligated. So that's going to be bearish because you want it to go down. So it expires. Remember, whenever you sell an option, you want it to die. Max gain here is premium. Huh. That seems interesting. And then max loss is unlimited. Wow. So it's the opposite, huh? So max gain is premium. Max loss is unlimited. Like one person's garbage is another treasure. So they have opposite ideas. But so break even must be what? So break even must be, oh, strike plus premium. Interesting that it's the same. So wow, I could have just written that once, huh? So when you when you buy a call or you sell a call, it's strike plus premium for the break even. Remember, break even is where you have no gain, no loss. Buying a put, what does a put give you the right to do? It gives you the right to sell 100 shares at the strike. Okay, now that means if I want, I have the right to sell it. So I want it to go down so I can make money on the way down. So here we go. So my max gains going down. Well, it's that can't be unlimited. And I'm going to zero. So it's going to be strike minus premium. That's my max gain. Max loss, since I bought it, is premium. You remember, you can never lose more than you spent. Now, the last thing here is we have break even. So it's going to be strike. I'll write it out since I did the other one. Premium. Okay. And then selling a put is the opposite of buying a put. It's the other side. So it's the must buy 100 shares at the strike when they tell you to since i since i sell an option i do not want the person who bought it to make money i want it to go up so it expires so remember every sell an option you want it to die let's talk about this so max gain is premium huh that seems to be the same and max loss is strike minus premium i don't know where i saw that before oh so again the opposite stuff it's opposite now what about break even Strike minus premium. Hmm. So it's exactly the same. It's exactly the same. So calls by themselves is strike plus premium. Puts by themselves strike minus. That's why they always say call up, put down. So this is something you should write down. This should be in your fucking head and memorize at all times. So that's one thing. The next one is, and I think I did it already, but I want to make sure that we have it. Erase away. Press pause. If you didn't like it, go backwards. Watch it again. 
Okay, here's the other one. If you're a long stock, I'll add a few things to this too to give you a gift. Long stock, if I want to protect it, I put. If I want to add income, generate cash, increase yield, I'm going to sell a call. Also, if you want to take a profit, sell limit. Oh, a little gift, non-option stuff, it'll help you. Or if you want to protect it, you do a sell stop. Don't worry about the sell stop, sell stop limit, same fucking thing. In a way, it's just that they, um, a sell stop limit becomes a limit order when it's elected, where the sell stop becomes a market. Either way, they're protecting you. So if you're long stock, those are your only choices. If you're short stock, and again, I know I already did this, but I, I like to have it more than once. If I'm short stock, I'm bearish, so I can only do bullish options. If I want to protect, I buy a call. If I want to add income, I'm going to sell a put. If I want to protect myself also, I can do a buy stop. And if I want to take a profit, I can do a buy limit. There we go. Okay, guys, that's that took way longer than I thought. I didn't want it to be over an hour, but hey, you get to hang out with me for an hour. Thank you very much. Please check out, please like, subscribe, share, give this, send it to your trainers, whatever it is, it's going to help. Also, remember, you got to read the book. You got to do the math. Check out my videos and options. Check out my the rest of my videos on the Series 7 since that's where we are. And um, we got this, babies. We got this. We're going to pass this exam. You got it. Don't give up. It's a grind. It's going to be a process, okay? It is absolutely a process that you have to get through. It's going to be good days and bad days, but let's focus on the good and grind through the bad. Have a great day. You got this.